I will never forget when I had to go for my um, Boise State Writing Project Summer Institute and do my interview to see if I was going to get into the program. Um, the interviews took place at BSU, and I had not been into that same building since my very first college English class. So that alone brought back lots of feelings. Um, everything about the situation of going to interview and doing the ISI um, was completely out of my comfort zone. I didn't know any other um, candidates or anyone in the program, and so it was completely new for me. I felt like I was surrounded by strangers and I was ready to leave the room <laughs> immediately as soon as I got there and definitely debated if I was going to go through with the process while we were waiting for the door to open. Um, when it finally did open, we were greeted by the kindest people, of course, and we were grouped in teams of three and four people. I only remember one question that was asked of us that evening, and that's because that question caught me so off guard at the time. Um, I'll never forget, we were asked who we were as writers and to talk about our writing life. Um, I panicked and let everyone in the group go before me <laughs> because the idea of me as a writer had never crossed my mind. I'd written emails and thank you letters and essays for classes, but I'd never truly thought of myself as a writer. I remembered listening intently and thinking while the other candidates um, mentioned their books of poetry they'd been working on or novels that they'd started years ago. And I realized then I was a very different writer than them, but still a writer. Um, when I think about who I am as a writer, I write to think and to imagine new possibilities or to troubleshoot different outcomes that are headed my direction. Um, but most importantly, I write to remember and to reflect. Um, I've been thinking about different moments in which writing has brought me the most joy. And for me, I think that is my journaling. Um, as a kid, I never thought journaling would have such an impact on me. Um, but recently, I just helped my parents move out of their home where I grew up for um, they've had for the last 26 years and I found several journals of mine that they had stored away in different boxes and different desk drawers um, and I sat down and read almost every single entry in those journals and each entry was so special to me. Um, I think what I was the most amazed by was that I remembered each of those moments as if they just happened yesterday. And it wasn't because my writing was great by any means. I didn't lack detail and other elements as well. Um, but I remembered those moments and I remembered how I felt not only writing them, um, but living them and then was able to reflect back on that and really think about who I was as a 10 year old or a 13 year old and just really being able to reimagine and, and think about all those inner thoughts and feelings that I had.
thank you for sharing your story, Maddie. Um, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about today. So I'm Jody Braun, and I'm joined by Maddie Johnson, and this is the TwigCast. Okay, this week uh, we're going to be talking about how we can call upon writing to cultivate joy. And uh, we're going to use Maddie's story as a way to uh, think through that question. So Maddie, you mentioned in your story that um, that writing project interview uh, suddenly made you think about, you know, identifying as a writer again or for the first time. Yeah, and I think for me, it was the first time I really identified as a writer. And the, the irony is that as a child, you were already writing in your, your journals. And now that you're reflecting on that, you know, just that uh, experience, um, you know, that's something that probably a lot of our students do and experience. Um, Maybe they're not, you know, journaling, so to speak, but they're on their Facebook doing their blogs, right? Yeah. So that we can all uh, identify as, uh, you know, at least reflecting on ourselves through our writing, if we're not calling ourselves writers yet. No, I love that. And I think that's something that, you know, as teachers, something I need to help cultivated my students right to show them that that they are writers at such a young age and and that that writing looks different for all of us yeah and I mean I was never one to like have a diary or to journal as a kid but I was definitely thinking more about uh, being a writer so like when I was in probably third or fourth grade um my favorite part of class was when we got to write our own stuff, not copying things from the board, but actually being able to write poems or stories or stuff like that. But it, even then I wasn't thinking about, Oh, I'm going to be, you know, an author. I don't think I wasn't thinking most about it. It's like, I just like to write. And, um, but when I became, you know, got into um, uh, following my uh, passion for teaching, I, really didn't think about um, being a, you know, an author either or a writer. It was just, that's just something that I do, I guess. And so naming it like that and uh, really trying to uh, build up that identity, I think was important for me as a teacher because now I write a lot more in the reflective process. Like, you know, I didn't journal as a kid, but I do so more so as a teacher and reflect on that kind of stuff. So um, I think that, is kind of flip-flop for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. Um, I, I like how you talked about this idea of naming the identity, um, which just kind of has me thinking about how can we, how can we do that for kids at such a young age? I think, you know, I, it, when I address my kids during our writing block, I definitely address them as writers. Um, but whether or not they see that as their identity, um, it's not, it's not pursued. Right. And so, yeah. um, yeah. How can we start to find or, or name those identities for our kids in a meaningful way? Um, is something you really have me thinking about. Yeah. Cause I mean, even with my, uh, AP students, 
a lot of times I would write, you know, in their feedback, you are a writer. And they would just kind of smile and be like, uh, no, I'm not. I'm doing this because I, I want to get out of this class in college, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but I, I think that we can show that they have value in what they write and what they have to say. And that writing doesn't necessarily mean that you have to publish it for like this grand audience. Like it's, you know, we all write for, for different reasons, but that still makes us writers. And I think on a, on a broader scale, teachers in general need to be referring to their students as writers. You know, I think that's one thing that, um, that twig does is we've always focused on teaching writers and not the act of teaching writing because most of our students i mean except for the very earliest grades i mean when they're learning the to to physically write and to communicate that's different than when we get them as you know um, older elementary middle school high school they can all write but they don't think of themselves as writers because they just think of it as this task, like, oh, now I have to write this. Like, no, I, how do we shift that to I want to write this? <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's where our, the emotion of writing can potentially come in too, right? And so how can we help them to cultivate that same joy that we both felt either, you know, being a creative writer as a kid or journaling, whatever that might be. Um, as teachers, you know, how can we help facilitate that for them to not only call them writers, um, but to help them really develop themselves in, in finding joy or finding some sort of feeling and emotion in writing? Yeah, and I, I mean, even in my, um, you know, very um, high level AP students, I'm, find myself I'm trying to encourage them to see that um, writing does not need to be this robotic technically correct um, exercise and that um, by giving them choice and letting them or allowing them the space to um, you know go beyond the traditional five paragraph um, you know forced contrived uh, third person essay <laughs> that they've been that we all know so well <laughs> yeah that's how they write until and I'm like you know there's there's a lot more out there than than that there's a place for that in the classroom but um, you're going to be a lot happier if you write the way that you want to and then we can we can definitely cultivate that uh, into what you need for your schooling and and beyond that for sure so I think part of that is allowing choice and allowing them to see that, you know, kind of sticking to, you know, this one expectation or this one kind of genre um, really isn't what's going on in the world outside of the classroom. So that's where I've kind of started to try and get students to enjoy what they write. Yeah, I like that. I think, um, I think that even as an adult, we still have those moments where you're thinking back to your English class, right? If I, if I needed to put together a paper for something or an essay, um, my brain automatically goes back to my own schooling on writing. And I think, oh, this has to be perfect. This has to be formula, you know, formatted this way. Um, 
And that is a lot to think about when you're starting a piece. And so emotionally, the joy is gone for me when I have that sort of a feeling. And so to allow kids choice from the start and um, the ability to really make their own decisions about writing and what their piece potentially is going to look like, I wonder if you know, years down the road, that they won't have that same uh, procrastinating oof, right? That I feel when uh, when I'm sitting dread. down. Yeah, the dread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because I mean, even uh, all the time when I when I'm talking to people that you know, in small talk, you know, they're like, "Oh, you're a teacher," and then they find out I teach English. And I hear from this up from other teachers too, like, oh, so are you going, have you been uh, correcting my grammar while I speak? <laughs> uh, here, uh, don't ever read one of my emails again. <laughs> you know, like, no, and that's the problem. Like people only see us as grammarians and not teachers of writers. And like there's, yes, there's, we can teach that stuff and, and kids learn it and adults learn it too, but that shouldn't be the, you know, the thing. <laughs> we want them to develop their style and their voice and, uh, you know, see value in what they have to say and not just fulfilling, you know, some obligation. <laughs> For sure. Um, that kind of makes me think about that finished product as well. And at what point do, at what point do our writers kind of find that joy in writing. Um, I know for me, I find joy in turning in that final piece that I feel proud of um, in multiple ways, right? Not only because I'm finished with it and I can set it aside, but also because so many hours of hard work has gone into that and it's something that I want the outside world to see <laughs> um, or to share with someone, right? Even if it's just to teach my teacher or whoever it is. Um, but do those feelings change as the writing process goes on? And I think that's where we can with at least uh, leverage that with students is seeing, making them see that uh, really reflection and revision are probably the most the most valuable and most rewarding part of the process being able to to kind of create that finished product and see uh the the progression you know even in one paper they can see oh i made some really uh, substantial changes that uh you know and i put in that effort that you were talking about that you know of things that they had to work hard on versus things that they didn't you know usually that's the case anyway so um i think that's uh, something that it's really hard because you know students um don't want to invest that in their in that kind of work you know they want and done but i think if we again you know you're allowing more freedom more choice and um you know focusing on um larger aspects of writing than, than the mechanics of it, um, that opens up a lot of space and opportunity. Yeah. And I think that really depends on what you're writing too, right? I think if, if I'm writing yeah. a cover letter and I'm stuck in this format, um, it's not going to allow me that choice, 
And so that revision process might look very different, right? Um, But when I do have choice and I'm writing something that I love or that I'm passionate about, um, I feel the same way. I mean, that revision process of going back in and tweaking this or trying this brings me so much joy, especially when I feel like all of the pieces have finally been put together in the right place. And I think that is the key to building their confidence. Well, anybody's confidence, really. You know, if you feel like you've got something that you've, that, um, you've gone through the whole writing process and um, you feel really um, good about, then when it comes time to write the cover letter or, uh, you know, something more technical, um, you know, especially older students, they realize that, oh, those skills are the same. I'm just changing the context, but I'm able to transfer that. And I can feel more confident about something maybe I don't want to write, but I want to get this job, so I better write a good cover letter, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they can see the value in that as a much more mature um, person and um, writer as well. So. So when I think about kind of um, assigning essays, you know, the first question students ask is how long does it have to be? Mm -hmm. Word counts and paragraphs. That's how they think because that's how they've been trained to think. And and format, you know, is this going to be MLA format? Is it going to be, you know, um, you know, and and they're really just thinking about, um, you know, school writing at that point. So um, I think when we start giving more authentic assignments that are, even if it's still in the context of the classroom, if you're telling them, oh, you're going to um, write an opinion editorial, you know, even if you don't end up publishing it, you know, that has a different, very specific parameters and um, in a different format than if you were to write this academic as research essay. And um, so you can talk about, um, you know, how context does matter. Well, a lot of times, um, even those are um, guidelines, you know, there's, there's no like very rarely is there like this strict hard and fast rule. hope that we can get our students um, the opportunity to pursue uh, uh, their own agency as writers and that they do have opportunities to make their choices, Um, but to also uh, eventually understand, you know, I was talking about the maturity of writers, that eventually we recognize that there's context that are going to require certain things. It depends on audience and purpose. And that's what all, that's kind of the main message I'm always with my students is audience and purpose. Who's your audience and what do you hope to achieve with that? And um, that will, uh, that can play into the, the, uh, the choices that you make as a writer or they, that should drive your choices as a writer. So same. I love that our classes are so similar in that way. I, I feel like those are always the questions being asked. Who's your audience? What's your purpose here? Um, 
and I do, I mean, I think that, yes, I think that does drive who they will become as writers, depending on, on those two questions, right. And the answers that they have for them. I think I also hope, um, I hope that they see themselves as writers earlier than I did um, and really use that for to their advantage as they continue in school and that by the time they get to you, I hope they are in your AP classes and um, and really see themselves as that so that they aren't asking those questions of how many page or how many paragraphs, right? Does this need to be? But instead really just writing from the heart and um, and from what they what they believe and, and see in our world. And hopefully that will bring them the joy in writing that we experience. Yeah, yes, I completely agree. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Maddie, for joining me and having this conversation. It was good. Yes, it was great talking with you. All right, I will talk to you later. Okay, have a great night. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the TwigCast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and be sure to visit our website at twig.fun. Until next time, find joy in writing. <laughs>